Hello and welcome to another episode of Back of the Grid. Uh, I am your host this week, Tom, and I am joined as always by Stu. Hello. And Chris. Hello. And we are here to discuss um, an eventful week in Austria again. The, the day the day Ferrari the day Ferrari died. Yeah. Quite possibly. <laughs> yeah. Not a great day for the Scuderia. Again. That's for sure. Yeah. Age old um, uh, back of the good tradition of um, triggering Ferrari fans within the first 10 seconds of a podcast. Though. Get it out of the way early doors. Just I'm, get it done. Just get it done. I am always surprised that we do have so many Ferrari fans that still listen to us with some of the things that we say. <laughs> Not anymore. I think we dish it out fairly evenly, to be fair. Like, if somebody needs criticism, they get it here, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. I, I, um, hope, I hope you're right. <laughs> I generally think we we apportion it out fairly evenly. <laughs> Try to. Um, yeah. Try to, yeah. So another eventful weekend, thanks to rain in some degree, but it was still event even eventful race, wasn't it? Even still, in the dry. But both enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, didn't quite live up to the previous week's race, but then I can't think of much that would have uh, been on the same level as that. Um, yeah, yeah, still still really enjoyable. It was a great race. It was. It, it sort of it, it did the it did the classic F one lull through the yeah. middle of oh, it. Oh yeah, I thought. massively. But um, yeah, it was a bit of a lull. <laughs> but um, the those last sort of ten laps, it really came alive, didn't it? And I think yeah. we were treated to an amazing Saturday as well, which kind of across yeah. the whole weekend sort of bounced it all out to that's a it. similar I think, level. I think we've got Saturday a better Saturday. Yeah, a better, a better Saturday from an entertainment point of view kind of balanced out the traditional mid-race low, I think, didn't it? Yeah, for sure. So, mm. um, I guess I guess we could start with qualifying then, couldn't we? Since that's where a lot of the excitement happened. Yeah, qualifying that we actually got, despite what everyone had been saying for the entire weekend leading up to it. Um, <laughs> one of one of the wetter sessions I've seen in a long time. I mean, that was like bordering on as wet as they ever running, wasn't it? Yeah. It was yeah, abysmal yeah. out there. I was um, 100% convinced they weren't going to run it. I was sitting in that office. All the noises were that it wasn't going to happen. And then suddenly it, <laughs> it started to happen. It became a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I was I was out all day Saturday. It was like, oh well, at least I'm not going to miss anything. And then suddenly I open I open up uh, Twitter and everyone's going crazy. It's like, damn it! Yeah, it was good. It was really it good. It was good. Um, as is often the case when we have very wet qualifying, Hamilton just—I mean, no one came close, did they? Yeah, it was. In the league. Yeah, I mean, I think it was. Um, Karun Chanduk said even if Verstappen hadn't spun, um on that last lap he was doing, he'd still have been half a second off at best. Yeah. It's like yeah. Even, the rest- Ver- even even Verstappen said that Verstappen wouldn't have been able to match that lap. <laughs> that lap. <laughs> yeah. The man That's himself. It. Exactly. When Verstappen's saying that, you know it's uh, a big deal. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, as long as the conditions are like that, the rest of the field could have run around all day and they wouldn't have beaten that yeah. time, would they? Um, yeah, just mighty stuff. What was the gap in the end? Was it something like one point... 1.2 I think. I mean, just... I know I know it's in the top 5 of top 5 highest pole gaps yeah. ever. Uh in 5th place like it just creeps in. Highest being Jack Villeneuve in oh, Melbourne 97. Yeah, I that was like 1.7 or something 1. wasn't it? 1.7. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, night a day in F1 terms, isn't it? 
was a one nineteen two that he did, and uh, the next closest was Verstappen with a one twenty four. Yeah. yeah, so it's one point two, isn't it? Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Quick maths. Quick maths. There were, as is often the case in the rain as well, a few other standout performances, as it's as they would say, the great leveler. Carlos Sainz popped up in third, his best ever uh, qualifying result. Also, Ocon managed to drag that Renault up to fifth uh, ahead of Norris and Albon, which is um, was pretty impressive. And importantly, his teammate as well, to, yes. to point out. Like, yeah, actually, that's a very good it's point. It's got to be a nice little confidence boost for him to to be able to out-qualify Danny Rick so early in the season because a lot of people were saying he might not stand much of a chance against Danny Rick. So I think it'd be do do his confidence a bit of good to have out-qualified him in, in those kind of conditions. Yeah, I wonder if um, Ocon had a bit more of a sort of slightly less dry setup than True. Ricardo had. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he definitely... Wasn't performing as well in the race, was he? Which I'm mm. sure we'll get to. But that that I guess would make sense if he's gone more more wet setup, like angled towards that, like you say, uh, yeah. to get a Having better qualifying that, position. There wasn't much in it. It was it's literally yeah. like two and a half tenths ish. Yeah, so, it was close the way down, wasn't it? It was really close. Yeah, because Racing Point did the same thing. Basically, they having been kind of looking second fastest all weekend, qualified miserably, but they said it was because. It's going to be a dry race, so let's stick on a dry setup and sacrifice yeah. qualifying. So yeah, yeah, there might be something. And boy, to do that. did they! <laughs> yeah, they yeah. sure did. What was it? Thirteenth uh, and seventeenth, they got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then look where they finished. So exactly, yeah, it worked. Probably the hero of qualifying, though, George Russell making it into Q two for the first time ever. Uh, qualified twelfth, and he was less than a tenth off um, beating the Ferraris into Q, yeah. getting into Q three as well, which was yeah. amazing. Yeah, damn impressive. Yeah, so exciting it's... to watch as well. I was tripping. I was literally yeah. I was cheering, yeah. cheering, cheering. There was a few occasions where I was cheering. At one point this weekend, I cheered so hard that I pulled my shoulder. That is, I, I literally <laughs> I punched the air so hard my arm almost came off. <laughs> I wonder if that. I wonder if that's the same point. My Palms got a little sore from clapping quite vigorously. <laughs> Picking up spectating injuries. Yeah, yeah. I've got this picture of uh, of Tom clapping so hard that you, you know that um that meme of the person typing really hard that their hands just disintegrate and eventually like start headbutting the keyboard. Yeah, I've got that, but like Tom clapping, just me clapping. <laughs> Um, it's important for drivers like Russell like days like that though when we we all know that if Russell puts in the performance of his life he's probably not going to get that Williams much further up on a race day or on a dry qualifying day than you know maybe 16th to 17th if he's lucky whereas in a session like that he can really go out there and show what he can do and for him to yeah. put that performance in really kind of confirms what most people already know or suspect but it's it's still really nice to mm. see and still yeah, in definitely. a let's face it still regardless of the weather like a good car is a good car that shows because yeah look at what hamilton did with the good car yeah um in the williams it, it's still going to be more difficult to do what he did than oh, it would sure. be in in a better car so to put it where he did is a huge, humongous achievement, absolutely yeah. monster achievement. Um, yeah, it really is. And yeah, just really, really great to see. The big casualty, obviously, of qualifying, other than the racing points, was once again we had a Ferrari out in Q2. Uh, this time, though, the other way around, it was Leclerc that dropped out. 
despite mm-hmm. them fast tracking their um, hungry updates to have them ready for this second race, mm-hmm. and they didn't really seem to do a whole lot. It, the The drivers seemed a little happier with the general balance of the car, but it doesn't appear to have made it a ton faster. Mm-hmm. Well, we we can't really see, can we, judging because of what happened ultimately? Yeah, like, well, I guess we never got to see its true race pace. So. Well, yeah, I guess we'll go straight into that. We'll start with Ferrari because the race started with them and and then ended about 30 seconds later. Uh, both of them out on the first lap, on the third corner, in fact, um, after Leclerc sort of bounced over the turn three curb and managed to wipe out Vettel's rear wing. Leclerc took full responsibility for it after the race. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> it does mean, as Tom sort of alluded to, Ferrari basically missed out on a race's worth of dry running with all of these new parts that are assessing. Mm. I don't think we really need to talk about the incident in terms of blame, do we? It was nah. it was definitely Leclerc sticking his car no, where I it think, shouldn't be. Yeah, I think as well when you've got a driver that does come out and say that like he has, it kind of what else can you say? The guy it kills said, the it's debate somewhat. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's it. There is no debate at that point, is there? We're so. not gonna sit here and go, no, Charles, it wasn't your fault. <laughs> it wasn't you. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't I be don't so know. hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Some um, people out there might might say that, but yeah, they're probably they're probably you know what, knowing what some of the fans are like, there probably are people out there. Some of the more tribal sections of the internet, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to hear a funny story? Please don't. So someone at work today was doing an edit about um Ferrari's weekend. And I, I don't know whether I should say this, but I, um, uh, someone else who saw it said they thought it was an obituary. Wow. <laughs> it's so certainly. I mean, so I don't know whether that says more about the edit or more about Ferrari, but. <laughs> it's certainly yeah, not looking it, good. It made for me them, chuckle. Yeah. Especially given that they're basically stuck with the bulk of this car for next year as well. Yeah, we know that can do great updates, but that's probably the worrying thing mainly, isn't it? Then it, we are talking about Ferrari, though. Like, it's not like they don't have the means to no. develop somewhat and try and solve problems, but yeah, it's I mean, definitely got, far from ideal. They've got another what sixty million coming in next season yeah. just for yeah. showing up. So, and they got the same this season. It, it is quite amazing, really, that they can't design a, a car that can challenge for wins given the amount yeah. of money they just get for showing up, isn't it? Yeah, did you yep. um, did you hear Mark Webber's solution uh, that he came up with? Go on, uh, I did not hear that? this. Uh, I, I don't know what TV channel he was on. I guess he's still doing Channel Four stuff. Uh, his solution was that Ferrari needs to move to England because that's where all the best F one engineering gets Ooh. done. Whoa! <laughs> Which well, Whoa. you can imagine yeah. how that went down with uh, your typical Italian Ferrari fan. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't. Yeah. I can't even. As an English person, <laughs> I don't <laughs> feel it's safe to comment on that. <laughs> Not sure about that one, Mark. On that statement, yeah. Uh, other than Ferrari, the race at the front was actually fairly straightforward this time around, wasn't it? Although Bottas uh, had kind of qualified a bit out of place, he had um, glazed brake issues during qualifying, so he couldn't really put that car where he'd like to. Um, yeah. But although signs gave Verstappen a bit of trouble on the first lap. It didn't really take long for Verstappen and Hamilton to pull away. Bottas moved his way up to third and Albon up to fourth. Um, And it sort of sat there for most of the race, didn't it? But it always 
it was just inevitable that Bottas was going to get second. It was more a case of when than if it felt like, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it was definitely more a case of Bottas would get Verstappen rather than Verstappen would close down Hamilton. It was, it was, it was always looking more that way, wasn't it? Yeah, from totally. Even from early doors. Um, and Red Bull pitted really early to avoid the undercut, which they did. In fact, by pitting early, they actually gained quite a bit of time on Bottas, but he then had to get those tyres about 10 laps longer than Bottas had to. So, yeah, yeah it was always going to happen. Um, it was with five laps to go, Bottas eventually caught him, uh, despite the very, very helpful uh, graphics <laughs> telling us the striking distance, <laughs> which would say striking distance in 15 laps and then three laps later, it would be nine laps. <laughs> it's like, hang on. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure about that. Maths. Yeah. yeah. Striking distance like a pit viper. Yeah. yeah. Not too strike. sure about another quality <laughs> AWS graphic there. But yeah, he couldn't with about five laps to go. Um, and to be fair to Max, even though it was inevitable, he put up a hell of a fight. Uh, that, that fight, the first time Bottas tried it, through um turn three and four was damn impressive um driving from both of them really but for verstappen to hold on to the position the way he did was was really really cool but yeah it only took one more lap for bottas to uh scythe past fairly easily the second time around yeah that that defense was stellar though to be fair like like you say it was it was a little bit futile and it was a little (laughs) bit more i think it was a little bit more a case of I know you're going to get me, but I'm going to make it as difficult as I possibly can. Um, just proving like that had he still got the, the tyres and had he still got the car, he would have put up a much better fight. I think it was just, uh, you know, don't don't think it's always going to be this easy kind of mentality, wasn't it? Yeah, really? exactly. Just making sure it's known that he's, he's still got it. He's just fallen unfortunate this race. Yeah, totally. Albon finished a pretty distant fourth. Uh, Verstappen was able to make a second pit stop to get fresh tyres to go for the fastest lap and still finished 10 seconds ahead of Albon. Mm. Nearly lost that fourth to Perez towards the end, uh, but they had a coming together in pretty much the same place and way. Albon and Hamilton came together last week. Uh, This time it was Perez that came off worse. Yeah. It's a shame for Perez that as well, because obviously it cost him quite a few places later on in the race. Indeed, did, yeah. Like, I say later on, there weren't many laps left, but it cost him, cost him yeah. to lose a few places. So. Perez, from what I saw, was pretty sort of magnanimous about it. He said he, it was the chance was there, he had to go for it, but it was just one of those things that didn't come off. He didn't seem particularly yeah. aggrieved at um, Albon's driving or anything like that. Um, racing instance, probably fair for that, I guess. Yeah, I I think I said this to you during the race, Chris. Like, I think that the number of times we saw people going round the outside at that same turn compared to last week, and it coming off with relatively clean moves, other than probably that one. Um, and and obviously the person that was disadvantaged by that was the one that you would have said was in the wrong anyway. I think that that probably goes. I feel like it sort of vindicates what I was saying before that the reason that Hamilton got the penalty last week was because he did nudge him off into the gravel, whereas so many clean moves were made at the same corner, whether they came off or not, over the course of this weekend, it kind of showed it's perfectly possible to do it and go around the outside there and go too wide through that apex plenty of times. If you've had a, you know, if you've had a week's practice at it, then you're probably going to be a bit. Uh, yeah, better yeah, than... it's, it's yeah, true, yeah. It's circumstances like that. I, I, I'd agree with that as well. But I just, I just think it shows that 
it is definitely possible. And because I felt like there were a lot of people saying, "Oh, you shouldn't be going around the outside there; it's never going to come off." And like, well, no, clearly it, it can. Yeah, um, I don't. I certainly don't agree with that sentiment. Yeah, that you can't overtake around the outside there. You absolutely can. I think I stand by what I said last week, which I, and we'll not get into it. You know, let's not go too far into that because we've already yeah. discussed it. But like, I feel. I do. I still feel like the penalty was harsh, despite what we've seen all weekend, um, and I think there was room for Albon. Around the, sorry, there was yeah, there was room for Albon around the outside. He just he just turned in a little bit sooner than probably he should have, and it was a bit six of one, yeah. half a dozen of the other to me. Mm. But that was that. Another good point I've seen made on it as well is because we we seem to see a lot of action down at that corner, both races, with the second race particularly. And by that point, most of the drivers had had some experience of arriving at that corner on the inside and the outside. Whereas last week when Hamilton and Albon came together, that was the first time Hamilton in that car had ever arrived at that corner in that position. And he had to just pick a breaking point and a turning in yeah. point. So mm. I mean, yeah. the rest of them have probably- had a bit more practice at this point. <laughs> It's probably a while since Hamilton's arrived at any corner and had to fight for the corner. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Hamilton obviously just drove away to win. Um, his 85th career win. Um, of, there's lots and lots of stats actually coming out of this win. So we'll rattle through them because there's some really good ones in there. Uh, Ooh, he's now only six away from Schumacher's record of 91, which as we've said many times, looked just unbeatable for so many years and now it's looking likely to happen this year if not next probably the way things are going yeah it also extends his own record of consecutive race finishes and consecutive points finishes to 35 races which dates wow. back to the 2018 british grand prix which is a crazy stat like you always say That's that in any championship stat. run you always have you always expect to have like one or two retirements to one or two ropey races and he just doesn't do that anymore no, it's not his thing. It also extends his record of consecutive seasons with at least one win, uh, which goes from his debut in 2007, uh, 14 seasons now, where he's had at least one win in every season. What? Yep. Yeah, that's that's the most impressive one, I think, of the lot. And wow. I, don't, I don't subscribe to this whole thing of... Oh, he's always been in a front-running car because he just hasn't. I'm, so, I'm sorry, oh, he, but he, he hasn't. He had a couple of dogs of cars that he still dragged yeah. out in. The, the, the later days of McLaren and the early days of Mercedes were not front-running cars. Yeah, absolutely not. And like him and Jensen did well to get some of the results that they did out of that uh, McLaren before uh, Lewis left. Yeah, Hungary, so, was it the last one he won at McLaren, I think? Hungry. Yeah, I, I want to say yes, I think. That sounds yeah. right, yeah. He's also, now it's uh, 2020, he's won in three different decades, which is <laughs> a, a fun statistic. What? That's a <laughs> not really many, fun one. Yeah, not oh, many drivers wow. that can say that either. Uh, it's also his 151st podium, which puts him four away from, again, Schumacher's record. Wow. Um, him and Kimi are also now tied on total number of races. Um uh, they've scored points in and either of them can also beat Schumacher's record this season but I would say only one of the two of them is probably likely to do that <laughs> but there we are how fast Kimmy off that one do we know I think they're both I think it's like nine races um, so okay. technically they could both get nine points finishes this season to take that record in reality mm. based on these first two races for uh, Alfa Romeo yeah, I think Kimmy would be very happy with nine <laughs> points finishes <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay. 
But there we go. Um, if there was any doubt about Hamilton's form after the last race, I'd say this weekend has put that pretty firmly yeah. to bed. Um, again, though, the midfield was where the majority of the excitement was. It sort of swung backwards and forwards between teams throughout the race. Um, early doors, it was Renault showing most of the pace. Um, they sort of quickly got their way up behind signs. And they probably would have caught and passed signs if they weren't squabbling between themselves quite so much. Uh, Ricardo was yeah. on the radio pretty quickly once he caught Ocon to say, I can be going faster. But they just sort of left them out there to fight for quite a few laps, didn't they? I think uh, it. the thing as well was they were on different strategies. Like um, Ricardo was on the harder tyre of the two at the time, wasn't he? Which I believe so, yeah. Is a yeah, longer stint. And in most teams, you would see a scenario of like saying to the lead driver of the, of the two, saying, look, he's on a different strategy here. He needs to run long in clean air because he's on this harder compound. Release him and let him go. And obviously, if you're still on his tail in five laps or so we'll, we'll we'll consider as options but we need you to let him go and let him have have a run at science because he's right behind you and he's on a different strategy which this is ruining mm-hmm. um whether whether it would have meant a, an overall better result for ricardo at the end of the race is it's all speculation isn't it but i don't yeah. think they helped themselves for for sure because by the time ricardo did get past science was all so much further down the road whereas before they were on his tail, so it did cost them. Yeah, it's it's almost like Renault and McLaren have sort of opposite race pace at the moment. Ren- uh, Renault seem to start mm. off really quickly and then fade towards the end of the race, whereas McLaren, the, both these races, they've sort of struggled in the first phase of the race and then towards the end, their pace has really come on, which is interesting when they're both using exactly the same engine, but yeah. But there we go. But yeah, as I say, after the pit stops, the momentum sort of swung back McLaren and racing points away, uh, particularly Sainz and Perez, who had probably the duel of the race, um, which included that incredible overtake where Perez went back around the outside of turn five to overtake Sainz again, which was, I can't think of many overtakes I've seen around turn five there. Yeah. There was a very good one. I, I I was impressed with that one. Yeah, I saw a few attempts in the F2 and F3 races and not many of them went particularly well for those drivers. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Stroll and Norris had sort of been catching that group with Ricardo behind them in fifth, um, which brings us on to the last few laps of chaos, really. It was impossible to oh, know where so to look. Good. It was so Last good. lap, Lando. <laughs> yeah, last lap, Lando. So... Sort of started around the same time that um, Perez had his coming together with Albon. Uh, Stroll made what can only be described as a lunge into turn three up the inside <laughs> of Daniel Ricciardo. Um, that's, that's been polite about it. <laughs> yeah, it was a dive bomb of the highest order. Uh, <laughs> Ricciardo basically had to steer out of the way of him off the track to avoid contact. And Stroll... He was understeering like a... You think, was, he, like a like an understeery thing. Like, like an understeery thing, yes. <laughs> I was trying not to swear. I was trying to make it easier for us there, Um I mean, even if Ricardo wasn't there, the point Stroll breaks, he was never making that call regardless, <laughs> wasn't gonna, he? Yeah, no, he was so never making it. No way. Like in the post-race interviews, Ricardo was convinced he was going to get a position back through a penalty, and they decided it was a racing incident, which... 
Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I think he's got off quite lightly there. Well, I think, you know, how is that much different from the Hamilton and Albon situation last week? The only difference is the corner before it. But, but at least Hamilton and Albon would, would both have made the corner. Yeah. There's there's no there's no way if Danny Rick had have turned in as he was entitled to that that would have ended in anything other than two more DNFs. Exactly. I'm sorry, but that would have ended both yeah, areas if Danny Rick had so, not done what he'd done. And that's I, I'm very surprised that Stroll was not handed uh, like a retrospective time penalty or something that bumped him yeah. down a place or two. Yeah, me too. I really am. Me too. I think if Hamilton's was a penalty the the week before, then that is a slam dunk. Penalty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just went steaming in there. Yeah. But there we go. Uh, so Norris then said thank you very much and actually went around the corner as you're supposed to, which he got past Ricardo straight away. Couldn't quite get past Stroll, who put up a pretty robust defense down into turn four. Norris basically tried the same thing again the next lap and was able to get by. Uh, which was the final lap, wasn't it, at that point? So that was, yeah, it was the final lap. So that was Norris from eighth up to sixth at that point in the space of a lap. Uh, meanwhile, Perez was limping his way back round. Uh, and the pack of all three of them caught poor Perez at the mm-hmm. final corner. Uh, Norris passed him for fifth in the final corner. And then we had a. It's basically three cars side by side over the line, wasn't it? Um, Perez. They all finished within a tenth of each other, didn't they? Yeah, they did. The they did. They did. The timesheet yeah. had it as a zero zero um, <laughs> for wow. uh, Stroll behind Perez, and then it was a, a, a tenth then behind um, for Ricardo. Yeah, Perez yeah. just barely held on for that. Um, yeah, felt felt pretty sorry for Perez. Um, I think he deserved. The result he should have got. Um, he was pretty unlucky with that clash with Albon, really. Otherwise, he'd have been quite he was comfortably. Really unlucky, yeah, he, he ought yeah. to have been fourth. He was. Yeah, he, he should have been fourth. Should've the been thing fourth. is, it was. I think the reason that that's unlucky is it was. It was more or less sidewall to sidewall, wasn't it? The contact with Albon, and you know, nine times out of ten, you see that kind of contact. You get the the coloured stripe on the Pirelli's gone and yeah. everyone moves on with the day like and that's yeah. usually what happens but you do get that odd tenth time where it ruins an end play or pulls off a front wing or something and yeah. to be to be fair Albon's kind of looking away if it, if it did that damage to the front wing he's lucky that it didn't uh, slice the the right rear yeah isn't it, it is really yeah, yeah it so, could have easily got a puncture from that one yeah yeah some Again, though, if that's not a penalty, how is Hamilton? <laughs> how was Hamilton's a penalty? If that's, they I think pro- see, it was a collision. There's there's contact, but I think the di- I think coming to sort of trying to see it from a steward's point of view, your difference there is it's Perez into Albon, and Perez is the one that's come out worse off. So it's self justice served, I guess. Is the, is the way that they're looking at it from okay. a student yeah. point of view. Be, I guess so, yeah. Like, justice has worked itself out, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah it kind of around. has. Like, it's just I, funny, I though, that, because that's how objective, if you look at it objectively, if the rule states causing a collision yeah. is deemed yeah. a penalty-worthy crime, then technically Perez should have got a penalty for it, shouldn't he? Because that's the yeah. rule. If you cause and, a collision, you get a penalty. Especially yeah. given that Albon was that much further ahead in this example, so arguably yeah. had even more right to be in the position yeah. he was in. 
But there so, we go. It's, it's not been mentioned that much actually in like on online and like in the sort of media and stuff. Some of the studying, but I, w- I would actually say based on what we've talked about this evening. I think some of the stewarding's been quite inconsistent over the last two races, which is a bit bad when you consider they're at the same track <laughs> as what they well, were. I like. guess the longer you stay in one place, the more chance there is for inconsistencies. <laughs> well, I suppose, was, yeah, yeah. Was there? Um, was it the exact same stewarding? Was it the same driver steward and everything? No, I, I, don't, I don't know. What I couldn't say. I expect I, I probably. Know, I would. I would have thought so. I would have yeah, thought you'd, so because you'd have thought they'd minimize the change, I mean, wouldn't you? If they, if they if they didn't change the hashtag, but then change the hashtag, but didn't change the hashtag, <laughs> then probably kept the same anything. stewards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I knew you'd find a way, Stu. I knew you'd find a way. Oh man, honestly, it drove me mad. It like literally screwed my whole weekend. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, some. The, the, the stroll dive bomb aside, some really, really great racing among that midfield. It's really, really good to watch. Yeah, as you was. said, there was thoroughly entertaining. Once you sat through that lull in the middle and let it all come back to life, it was yeah, damn entertaining. I actually, you know what, I quite like the the lull in the middle. I get it's nice to have a little rest. <laughs> yeah, but you're at work. As as you, so you would say that. Yeah, as, as long as you know, as long as you know, well, if I was at home, like I, I imagine, if I was at home, I'd probably be like being a Sunday, probably got a hangover. Um, yeah. I'd be falling asleep in that lull. But the fact that I'm at work, not hungover, I must point out, <laughs> not hungover at work, um, then it's a nice little sort of, just a little moment where I can just like gather up all of the, the things, all of the requests that I've had given to me and yeah. stuff like that and just sort of reorder things and just, you know, get back in kind of like a, a comfortable place. <laughs> to, be, to be fair as well, it's a nice moment that me and uh, Chris have started having a little chat, to be honest, just to pass the yeah. We just it's sit great. in the WhatsApp group having a little chit chat to each other. What, what, and other like... <laughs> what other sport offers you that? A bit of a rest halfway yeah. through. Well, Ugh. football, for one, and rugby. <laughs> a lot of sports that's, I suppose, half that's time, a good point yeah, actually yeah. yeah that's a very good point it's, it's our own equivalent point. of half time that's what yeah, it is it's like half time pit, pit stop phase <laughs> only the pit stop phase is usually the most ex- one of the most exciting yeah, other actually. than the race start well, one of the yeah, most exciting true. parts um, speaking anyway, of pit stops so we're way off no I've got a segue <laughs> speaking of pit stops Signs should really have been the one taking that fifth place if not for a slow pit stop that he had uh, his yeah. left rear took yeah. a long time to get on yeah, which he basically dropped him back into traffic and then he destroyed his tyres trying to get back through them, which left him ninth in the end. Uh, he did nab the fastest lap point in the end, which is... Uh, got, any, got an interesting yeah. thing for you about that. Ooh, give, us, give us a stat. So, so Sainz claiming that fastest lap for McLaren is the first time McLaren have had back-to-back fastest laps over two race weekends since 2011. <sighs> That's a long time. Wow. That yeah. is a long time. Nine years. What, yeah. what is this Quick season maps. already? Probably two races in, it's already just bizarre. I mean, <laughs> it's, what. It's a, go on, sorry. But my say McLaren are quite handily second in the championship right now. Yeah. yeah. By, um, by quite a margin as well. 12 and points really, clear. They're where racing points should be. I think, yes, I don't know, really I can't are. remember whether I said yeah. this or not last week, but like. It, McLaren shows you the value in having really, really good drivers on your team. Did I say this yeah. last week? We've, I, I don't know if we've said it directly, but we've kind of talked about the fact that it's a far better driver pairing at McLaren uh, than it is at Racing Point. Yeah, 
I think at racing point you've got you've got you've got one driver who you know without being too harsh on Stroll he's he's not he's he certainly wouldn't be considered the best driver on on the Formula One grid and in Perez you've kind of got someone who while being a very is fast obviously very fast drivers I mean Stroll can be fast as well but they don't have the same sort of level of consistency of, of performing at that really, really high level as yeah. what someone like Sainz or Norris has, I would say. Mm. And if you're going to be in a, if you, if you're a midfield team like McLaren sadly are, or like you are racing point, you really, really need the best possible drivers you can have. I think it just proves that point to me, especially yeah. considering racing point. have got the better car at the moment with a better package. Yeah. Well, uh, Andreas Seidel, the McLaren team principal, said after the race that he admitted McLaren are categorically... I'll try that again. McLaren are categorically not as fast as Racing Point. But what they do have are drivers and engineers and strategists who are making better decisions than Racing Point right now, and that's getting them better results. And that is where they're getting their results from right now. And it just shows you what a team sport it is as well, I think. Yeah. Mm. It, it shows it shows the value of experience and the value of the the, the team aspect of it, like you say, Stuart. I, like, I'd agree with that completely. The, and the and fact there's probably that a lot more been money there go. and done it. Go on, sorry. Well, I I, no, you say times. there's a you, you say that with the, there's probably a bit more money, but at the start of the season, well, I said the start of the season at the start of this <laughs> this new season that we've, <laughs> we've come to know as the season, yeah. we were we were worried. As a sport, that we might lose McLaren due to financial yeah. issues. So yeah. three weeks I don't ago, know, I don't know how much. Yeah, I don't know how much extra money there realistically is there. But there's a, a huge fountain of like experience and knowledge and stuff there that I think kind of does does show in these situations when mm. you've got them like sat quite comfortably second in the championship right now. That's like we we were all expecting Mercedes, Red Bull, and then. Sort Probably of Ferrari, Ferrari, Ferrari to just about be scraping third, uh, but maybe getting a little bit of a push from these midfield teams. And so far, we've not had that whatsoever. Like Ferrari have looked more like an average midfield team so far compared when you compare them to the likes of yeah. Racing Point and McLaren. And well, Ferrari, at- I mean, Ferrari are clearly slower than McLaren on and Racing Point at the moment. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's absolutely no doubt about that. I think. Um, I don't know if you two remember. It's, I apologize to go back to like race one of the season again, the first race of, of the season. But do you remember that like little um, sort of graphic that I, I shared with you both that I found online that highlight, like sort of visually highlighted race pace and quality pace and kind of where all the cars were on a side by side basis. Yeah. And Ferrari were consistently in the middle of that pack. And, yeah. you know, in some scenarios, you had the McLaren out front. I think it was race pace was McLaren out front. Uh, quality pace was racing point out front, if I remember rightly, or it might be the other way around. But it it was very interesting to see a how far ahead Mercedes were, but then b how far back in that midfield Ferrari were on on both those timing sheets. Mm, consistently average, average. yeah, yeah. So, and I think as well, looking at the races we've got coming up on this sort of shortened calendar we have so far, Red Bull are potentially going to be looking less ahead at Mercedes and more over their shoulder at Racing Point and McLaren. Yeah, like, I think you look at yeah, you look at where Albon was during that race. Yeah. Like he was basically in the same situation as what Gasly was most of last season, which is yeah. you know, looking in his mirrors at the at the yeah. midfield. 
especially when we've got on on this shortened calendar, we've got Spa, Monza, Mugello coming up, um, oh, Sochi. That. Really that none of those are Red Bull tracks. They're all going to be. Yeah. We, like, well, they we were might saying, be in a bit of trouble. We were saying before the start of the season that we were thinking these first three races, uh, Max's opportunity yeah. to put a bit of a stamp on it, get a lead, and then try and defend that lead. And what? Where is he in the drivers at the minute? Fifth, uh, sixth, yeah, a sixth, something like yeah. that. So, yep. while yeah. Lando Norris is third still, <laughs> I love that. Absolutely it's great. Love that. So good. Yeah. Like, I, I, honestly, I know. I know it's very, very biased, but I don't think I've been excited by a, a, a fairly new to the sport Brit since when Jensen joined the sport. No. Like, I don't remember being this excited about a, having a British driver to support since yeah. when Jensen first made it into F1. And no, I think that maybe that. comes from knowing Lando in motorsport for quite a few years before his F1 time, from like being a touring cars fan and seeing him support in, in the, the series that support that. So I've kind of, it almost feels like you've seen this kid grow up into F1, so it, you feel yeah. more proud, I guess. It's but probably I don't like, remember the last time I was this excited about a, a driver doing well. As people of a certain age, it's probably the first time in our lives that actually we've we've been able to watch someone's sort of career yeah. through the field, through, through you know, go from Formula, British Formula Three. It was the first time I saw Lando Norris was supporting yeah. tourist cars, um, same as you, Tom. And yeah, to 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 sort of obviously you you, you never you can never like follow their specific career. Of, you know, you you never really think, but you see them pop up. Until they get to probably F three, you're not really seeing them on a regular basis, are you? But then once they got yeah. once they got to Formula Three, that's when you really start paying attention. It's been really exciting to see, and it's a different world we live in now, where where this is possible. You know, a few years ago, it probably yeah. wouldn't have been possible yeah. to watch. Maybe what five six years ago, it wouldn't have been so easy to to watch a driver at that point and then see them see their progression up into. Uh, into formula one whereas nowadays like because we've got a lot more social media and because um formula one themselves are putting a lot more uh, content out then you know we do get to see these stories we do get to see these sort of future stars before they really are like at the top of their game and yeah. before they're really before they're in formula one and it's great to watch them come through yeah yeah, I'm um, just plus the fact that like just things like I mean, us muggles could go down to a karting track tomorrow and you could find online live timing for it. Like the internet yeah. just has all this information there for you these days. Whereas yeah. I say like a few years ago, it just wasn't there. A couple of the race bits to clean up. Ocon retired with the same overheating issue that Ricardo retired with last week, uh, which the team were convinced they had fixed, and Cyril Beatable was incredibly annoyed that it wasn't. Um, not a happy family there at Renault. Mm-hmm. Uh, and George Russell, he started really well from 12th. He was actually up to 9th by one point in the first lap. Um, <laughs> but he ran wide through turn yeah. uh, five, five Magnuson, which dropped him all the way to the back. He ended up only finishing just ahead of his teammate in 16th. Did anyone actually see that incident properly? I never can't saw find it. it anywhere. I've actually I... gone looking for it early and I can't yeah, see it anywhere. Same. I wish I'd known. I, want, I, could I wanted got, to look I could back have tried at to get it. the onboard. I could have got the onboards. Sorry. He, onboards he said himself that he was trying something that was never really on and um, he held up his hands and said it was his mistake, basically. Yeah. It's in a car that's going to struggle to fight, though, isn't he, as well? like Yeah, he might I be able I, to... 
sometimes he's to... probably got to take those chances, though. Like he, he he's saying he's holding his hands up and knowing that it's not going to come off. I think in that car, you maybe sometimes have to have a go at those chances because on the small off chance that it does pay off for him, it's suddenly a much yeah. bigger result for both him and Williams, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. Again, plus... we were we were speaking earlier about Hamilton um, not being in a position where he's had to defend a corner for a while. <laughs> Norris is probably in the exact same boat. He's probably not had to defend a, or, or, or attack a corner for a while Russell, either because he's been... Russell, but yeah. Oh, sorry, George Russell. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's pro- George Russell's probably not been in a position where he's had to defend a corner for a while either because he's been yeah. trundling around at the back with yeah. Robert Kubica for the last sort of 12 months, 13 months, however yeah. long it was yeah. before Latifi joined. And plus, like as daft as it sounds, if he could have kept it on the road, and even if he knew that most people behind him would get past him, if he could just like spend the first ten or fifteen laps defending for his life, he'd probably get more TV time for Williams than they will do the entire rest of the season. Which, yeah. <laughs> yeah. when you when you've not got many sponsors on your car, little things like that can make a difference. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But there we go. A bit of a shame to see. It was, as you say, it was probably always going to be the same result, but it was just a shame to see it disappear quite so quickly. And I think that's about everything yeah. that happened in another yeah. pretty frenetic race. Yeah. I guess we could talk about drivers of the day. It's a good opportunity to move on to that, isn't it? I think after summing up some of those midfield races and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think despite the, the incident towards the end, Perez is probably a candidate because... At the end of the day, it was a drive from 17th up to 5th and pushing for 4th at the time mm. and, until that incident. So I think he's a candidate or at least a notable mention. Um, Lando as well for the last last lap Lando, as I keep calling him. Like it's, <laughs> The entertainment value is definitely there for that. Um, and you've got a Hamilton drive away again. I, I don't normally like giving it to that, but it was a pretty stellar drive away wasn't it yeah. yeah I think he earned that in if he's going to get driver of the day and I know probably you shouldn't give driver of the day for qualifying <laughs> performances but and you know I can hear the audience screaming at me down into their iPods <laughs> now because that's iPods? what people iPods. Yeah, that's, what, that, that's what people listen to podcasts on, <laughs> on right? their zooms <laughs> yeah on their zooms um, <laughs> zooms <laughs> Um, that's such an hour generation joke. I know, right there. I know, that I know. is the no people one, our age. Literally, none it. of our audience are going to get that. Um, <laughs> no one older, no one younger is going to understand what on earth yeah, that Azun is, I would imagine. Anyway, um, the point I was making was uh, yeah, I, I, I would, on this occasion, I think given that qualifying performance was so, so good. I want to give it to Hamilton this time. And I know we shouldn't. I know it's like a drive away and I know he, no one no one could touch him, but I think it's just one of those one of those times where he was so good that he just made it really easy for the team to control the race and to they, they, yeah, he was so good he made it easy for Bottas to get second. That's how good he was today. Yeah. Yesterday. So, yeah. I think Hamilton has to take it for me. I think given the circumstances, I could be swayed to say the Saturday performance counts towards the, the weekend and the drive because it was significant and it did set a big precedent, didn't it, going into Sunday. So I could be swayed to, to go along with that. Um, mm. But but definitely honourable mentions for the other two. That yeah, oh, absolutely. Up. Yeah, I mean, Lando again getting 
<laughs> getting it into fifth. Uh, well, there was yeah. a time in that race where it didn't look like Lando was going to do anything. Yeah. And I know. by the end of it, he's in fifth. So, yeah, <laughs> amazing job. Amazing job. I think Chris, I was what, probably still leaning slightly towards Perez. Um, I was debating whether him damaging his car sort of undid all his hard work. But even mm. so, 17th to 5th and nearly 4th is damn yeah. impressive. Yeah. yeah but, I, I, but I can be swayed by uh, by your choice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just think with the damaging your car, it's the damaging your own car. Yeah, for, it is. For me. It is, yeah. Like, if he'd... You know, if he'd got, if he'd achieved fourth, then he would be a, probably a very, very. It'd, it'd make it much more difficult for me to say Hamilton for driver of the day. Yeah, that's but fair. the fact that he's damaged his own car and he's got into a wheel to wheel battle and not being clean, then yeah. for me, you can't. Get, I don't think you can give driver of the day for. I that. think you need a clean race for driver of the weekend. Yeah, I think the 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 damage is too much of a smudge for me. Like to be fair, even if he'd not got the position and he's ended up fifth. But the 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 incident was clean kind of thing, and it was just a move that didn't come off. I think I'd be swayed more towards him. It just I don't know. I, I'm I'm with Stu that it just yeah no I, it's a good point. Leaves a but bad absolutely taste like absolutely not to take away from what an achievement seventeen. Oh yeah, hundred It's an amazing. He's done an amazing job. It's a, it's a hard one this yeah. week. It's a really hard one this week because they've all done it, so well. There's there's three different drives there for three different reasons, isn't yeah. there? There's like a there's like a drive through the field with a slight mistake towards the end. There's a complete drive away after an insane qualifying performance, and there's there's like a, a just a grit and determination to see it out to the very last corner of the very last lap to to maximize a performance. And they're three very different drives, but they're all in some way worthy of of this. I think. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I'd, I'd, I'll I'll go with Stu and, and just say Hamilton to round it off and say that's what we're going with. Cool, <laughs> I can go with that. Yeah, um, move of the day. Here's Perez's redemption, maybe. Perez on the outside of Sainz at turn five, which we've already talked about. Um, and then there's the Verstappen defence against Bottas where he came back at him around the outside of turn four, proving that that is an entirely possible move if both parties <laughs> are compliant. Um, one is one better than the other. Is there something we're not mentioning that is worth mentioning? I think the things for me, there were quite a few other sort of similar moves um, to that Verstappen one around turn four throughout the race. But for me, none of them beat that Perez move in turn five, just because it's such an unusual, difficult place to pass to hang mm. back around there. I thought was really impressive. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm I'm leaning towards Perez. Going for Perez. Yeah. I think I, I think as well, not to take away from the Verstappen thing, because the Verstappen defence was was stellar, but I think you you come to expect that sort of move and that sort of performance from Verstappen. Like you know he's capable of it. And if he didn't do that, you'd almost be disappointed in him for not putting up that fight. Whereas yeah. the Perez thing is to say out of character is probably a bit too harsh, but like you don't see that all the time, which I think makes it stand out as an impressive move all the more because you don't see him doing it week in, week out, whereas totally, you see yeah. Max doing things like that all the time. So I think that's probably why the Perez one stands out a little bit more for me as well. And yeah. and like you're saying, it's it was 
ever so slightly different. Not, nobody else really did that, did they? In the race, I don't remember seeing yeah. anyone else really go around the outside of turn five like that. So the the other thing about it was it just went on for so long that battle yeah. as well. It started <laughs> like at the, turn the, three, didn't it? Yeah, it yeah. did. And they were just going and going and going and going, and it could have so easily ended in tears. But the fact that yeah. they both 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 drivers drove so well through that sequence through that battle, um, and Sky thought it would be a great idea to put an interview with Charles Leclerc on during the whole process as well. So we didn't get any proper commentary for it, which was great fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, like that that was probably my biggest sort of wow moment of the race, I'd say. Yeah. That that entire battle, just like edge of my seat through that whole part. I can go with that. 100%. Yeah, totally. And then the last one for this week. Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? Uh, so a few people have suggested the podium for WTF, um, specifically the air cannons and maybe even the trophy robots. Um, I like Chris, the trophy I, bots. I, I Chris, love the trophy I kind bots. Of, I kind of loved, I think it was you that said, it was definitely one of you two in the in the chat that we have between the three of us, but I really enjoyed what one of you said about the fact that Verstappen had to watch the second place trophy <laughs> yes. drive really slowly. <laughs> oh, really? Really? <laughs> I didn't yeah. see that. I was busy. Oh I, yeah. Oh, it was something Chris yeah. said it then. It because, was a delightful, like poignant moment. I think because Here's the order that they're stood won. in and where the uh, yeah, it literally is because the order they're stood in and where the robots come from. He had to stand there and watch first go by, and then watch second go by, and then his turn. <laughs> so. That's brutal. Absolutely <laughs> brutal. Yeah. Yeah, I love them. It, I I I love the trophy bots. I think. I think it could be potentially a WTF, but for the more comedic of what is going on here, like this is amazing, kind of. I think like, yes, it's, I guess there's a little bit of a cheesy gimmick side to it. There's probably made a lot of people go, oh, what's going on here? But I kind of <laughs> like it. Something a bit different. I like trophy bots. I've got so everyone's much on the cutting edge of motorsport yeah. all the time, and now it's trophy bots. <laughs> I wonder what would happen to one of the trophy bots if you put them into the battle arena on Robot Wars. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I want to have a trophy bot race before. Uh... <laughs> Ooh, that'd be good as well. Not a trophy race. New support a trophy series. bot race. Trophy bot yeah. race. Yeah. yeah. New series for the supports. Um, um, I, th- I think if you're not going to go with with that, like the the comedy around that, I guess, and the jokes around that, surely it's got to be the Ferrari incident. It one hundred percent for me. Wiping yeah. out you, wiping out your weekend in turn three. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what Charles was literally thinking. Literally second braking zone of the race, and you yeah. Yeah. both yours and your teammates race like stupid. Yeah. Like stupid. it's not the best of times for them anyway, but <laughs> that's not helping, is it? Um, not helping at all. You can. It was when um, Anthony Davidson and Kroon Chandok were like analyzing the video of that. They were both saying you can see when you watch it back from just like the body language of the car and the way he's uh, putting in the steering inputs. You can almost see his thought process going. Oh, that's looking at ropey. I'll just he, go for it. He cadence <laughs> yeah, braked into him. He literally yeah. cadence braked. He yeah. lifted off the brake pedal to fill the gap and then got smashed up. He was already on the brakes. Yeah. There wasn't a lock up. There was nothing like that. He lifted off the brakes and went into him all on his own. Yeah. It was he mind boggling. I don't know why. He, he, he had he a moment thinking. where he thought I-, I can make this and then kind of realized how rough that curb was going to be. <laughs> and then 
it was one of those at that moment he realized he done done a bad Do thing. You know you know what it was? It's crimson mist. Yeah. <laughs> the dreaded it crimson is. mist. The, dre- the, dreaded, the dreaded crimson mist descends yeah. again on Ferrari. I, I know it's kind of cynical, but I am gonna say it and I really do wonder how diplomatic Ferrari would have been about it had the incident been the other way around. Yeah. Because there was a lot of, oh, well, it's it's one of those things, it's an incident, you know, we'll take the drivers to one side and talk about them, but it is what it is. And I've seen Ferrari react a lot worse than that to things yeah. when it's the other way around. Yeah, it just Ferrari- made you wonder, if it had been Seb into Leclerc, how, um, how relaxed that scenario would have been. Yeah. If they didn't have all of their horrible fish baby eggs in one basket, then I'm sure it would have been. It's gone off the rails. <laughs> Some interesting quotes I've seen tonight. I love them. I absolutely love them. Should we move um, on? I'm going to yeah, move on better. to predictions from that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, did we officially give that to Charles for ruining the weekend of Ferrari? We definitely did for me, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll move on to predictions. Um, I don't know how, but I managed three points. Um, being very staunch, I think, and just saying <laughs> it will happen. Oh. But um, that trust me, I'll not pull that off again for another couple of seasons. <laughs> we know that for a fact. Um, but yeah, the three of us, I scored three points for Hamilton fastest in Q3 and a Vettel DNF with Vettel as random driver finishing 20th. Um, in terms of listener predictions, there were a few people very, very close to a, a clean sweep weekend. We had Stephen Scott and Brendan Bain, who were both on four points this weekend. So between the two of them, they had Lewis's fastest qualifier, Lewis's winner, Seba's first DNF, stuck with their guns and went random driver seven twentieth, 20th, but just didn't get the number of finishes right, going a, a, some far too low. Brendan went 11 finishes, <laughs> Stephen Scott went 15 Um so no points there. Quite a few people did go with 17, though, so a lot of people picked up points there. Wish um, I had 17. And do you know what? A few other people did go 720th. Yeah, it's quite I'm, a lot in there. I'm glad I, didn't, I'm glad I wasn't out there on my own to a degree because I, I felt a bit like, am I being harsh saying it's going to be him again? <laughs> so I'm glad, I'm glad I wasn't the only one. Um, interestingly, some people didn't hedge their bets. Um, Tom McDade is the main one I noticed, where Saint Seb would be first DNF, but would finish eighth. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's mm. definitely a bet hedging. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's probably the most notable predictions I think from this week. Um, a huge number of point scorers this week compared to last week. Um, 119 of you overall scoring wow. points. So, wow. and neither of them is... were me and Stu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we managed to stay firmly in that non-point yeah. scoring sector of uh, predictions this week. Um, in, term, in terms of the overall standings, that gives uh, Logan Fadley still has the lead on 4.5. Uh, Brendan Bain jumps into second with those four points scored this week, as does Stephen Scott, actually. Uh, four points this week takes Stephen into joint second. So that's the top three as it stands, but all still to play for. And... That has proven that those five out of fives are possible. You can get, you can definitely yeah. do it if if you, if it all drops right. I also really enjoy that continuing the conspiracy that Tom has two accounts. We've got Tom King <laughs> and Tom Ling on equal points in four. <laughs> yeah. It's not me. Funny that, isn't it? 
<laughs> Please, Tom Ling, make yourself known. You think you've been mocking? You just be more. The annoying thing is that you've not been very creative, have you? No. The, I love. I love that there's name. a conspiracy theory that I have two accounts. I love it, <laughs> and I, I really want to just meet Tom Ling and shake shake his hand just to You're say. You're not it. even trying. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh right. Shall we do some predictions for next week? Well, we'll do takeaways and stories for next week. Hashtag, yes. hashtag Deliveroo take sponsored by Deliveroo. Not really, but give no, us not really. Stuff. But if you want to, um, Deliveroo, if you're listening. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah if, if anyone from Deliveroo is listening, I've actually done loads. I mean, it doesn't need to be Deliveroo. Anyone that has a delivery service and wants to sponsor us for the takeaways section yeah. is send us pizza well. by Just there. Eat. Yeah. <laughs> Uber Eats. Let's just Uber name Eats. them all, all until them. one of them all offers of them. us money. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> and there goes the contract. Um, <laughs> so, storylines, takeaways for the takeaways from the Styrian Grand Prix. And um, some storylines leading into the Hungarian Grand Prix next week. Um, First one is, will Red Bull be any closer to Mercedes at another track that doesn't suit the Mercedes power unit quite as much as the Red Bull ring does? So what I'm saying there is that the Red Bull ring, because it's such a short lap, um, it, it makes it difficult for the engines to regenerate the electricity to power, to give you that extra, what, 160 or so horsepower. Mm. Um, and so the Hungara ring being a bit longer should give Mercedes should give Red Bull a little bit. It should level the playing field somewhat. Yeah, so, I, it's that's supposedly one of the weaknesses of this Honda engine is that you you hear people talking about clipping with these engines, which is essentially yeah. when when it runs out of power to deploy, and you'll suddenly have that. 160 odd horsepower just disappears towards the end Gone. of the straight and if you looked at the speed traps these last two races the honda power cars were quite a bit slower at the end of the straights although they were there or thereabouts kind of across the start finish line through the middle by the time they got to the end of the straight they were losing out so yeah, in theory that, that would point to the electric power being gone because yeah it's yeah. much more noticeable at higher speeds because you're trying to punch that hole through the air and the faster you go the more power you need Exactly. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one to watch uh, to see, you know, if if they can get any closer, if they can sort of bring the fight to the Mercedes in this one. I mean, Verstappen has gone well at um, the Hungar the Hungaroring in the past as well. So, yeah, that's an exciting one. It's, um, I always find that just on that point as well. I always find this one an interesting one because it's been a decent place for both Max and Lewis over the course of the past. Um, so I, I always do like to see the two of them head to head here because it's it's a track that they kind of both seem to have a bit of a favouring towards, I think. Yeah. In terms of when they, you know, when both those two are looking at the calendar, they're both kind of going, oh, there's some Gara ring. Like, I think it's in both their minds. So yeah. it's always interesting to see them both head to head. It's it also like Hamilton. Hamilton usually goes really well around the Hungara ring. Yeah, it, it, it's mm. like a mini Monaco, really. Yeah. Hungara ring, they say, because it's it's yeah. quite a thin track. Um, it's very windy, and yeah. it's a bit of a, it is a bit of a driver's circuit, isn't it? I think it's one of those that the drivers enjoy, but doesn't necessarily always provide the best racing. Yeah, it, the like drivers it, enjoy it. Yeah, it, like I say, it's, it's, it's thin. the track's quite thin, so it's difficult to overtake, yeah. and there's not a lot of runoff in a lot of the places as well. So once you're off, you're probably, in a lot of places on the track, a lot of the points where you're going to go off, you're probably going to hit a barrier at some point, and you might be yeah. losing a like, wing or a wheel or, or, or whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah, 
that's good. To, that's going to be exciting to watch. McLaren, um, can they continue their impressive start to the year? Um, again, the the engine here with the Renault engine, they shouldn't be at such a disadvantage to the other cars because it's mm. not a power track; it's a grip track. So they've yeah. clearly got a very good chassis underneath them. Um, maybe not so great on the on the softer compounds of tires. It looks like from what we've seen so far, it seems that way. Um... They went fairly so well. probably lacking a the, bit of downforce compared to some of their competitors, maybe. I mean, that mm. well, the guys ahead of them, if they're scrubbing off the tyres. Yeah. But, you know, we'll find out. <laughs> they went fairly well at the Hungara Ring last year. Sainz got uh, fifth place last year, which I think for yeah. which I think he picked up one of the many drivers yeah, the days that we gave him last year yes he did he, he did have a really good race round. i remember doing all the radio messages for it mm. because they were very long radio messages and it took me ages. <laughs> yeah and I, I think mclaren will, will keep with the good form that they've got it's it's obviously a different track but it's not so different that we're going to see something like it's not like we're going to a spa where it's a completely different type of track and different race. There's there's some similarities there, and I think that McLaren will be able to capitalise on the position that they're already in, especially with the drivers being in very high spirits considering the last couple of results that they've had. Like imagine how Lando Norris must feel going into this next race <laughs> in a third back to back weekend, a triple header being third in the championship. Yeah. Like, he must be absolutely buzzing for this next race. And he'll probably not want them to stop. He'll not want a break. He'll want them to keep coming, I can imagine. Because that's that's what you get like, isn't it, once you're on that kind of roll. So. Yeah, I think Ferrari will be desperate for a week or two off, whereas everyone yeah. who's got a bit of momentum, you just want to keep them coming. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of Ferrari, you've led me beautifully into my final um, takeaway <laughs> slash storyline of the week, and that is, is there any way back for Ferrari anytime soon? I don't think there is. I don't know. Yeah, that. I think he knows the short answer. Yeah, I took the words out of my mouth there, Chris. I think it's a no at the minute. Like they, they've got no idea what those updates that they hurried onto the car this weekend have done. Um, realistically, um, depending on what exactly those updates are, some hmm. of them could be no good now. Um, yeah. So, like, where where are they going to be? Are they back at square one? Come this weekend in Hungary, like I. I don't think this weekend bodes well for them. And, and no. like we were just saying, they're desperate for a week off now to try and regroup and get back on top of things, I think. Mm. So, sure. with all that in mind, shall we make some predictions for the Hungarian Grand Prix? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I'm going to start. With, since Tom was the highest scoring member of the squad Oof. this week, Bot G squad. <laughs> um, Bot G. I'm going to go... For you first, for fastest in Q3 before penalties, etc. Tom? I'm going to go with Verstappen this weekend. I think maybe a bit of a fight back um, there. So that's where I'm going with that. And Chris, how about you? Um, I'm almost tempted to go with Bottas. He out-qualified Lewis there last year. And he was very close the year before. I'm going to go for Bottas. Bottas. So it was Verstappen on pole last season with Bottas in second. Yeah. Um, and he just edged um, Hamilton to second by about one and a half temps. 
So actually, it's not quite edging, is it? It's more just <laughs> beating. Um, um, Bottas tends to qualify fairly well there, but then not race particularly well. So yeah, yeah. Um, I am gonna go qualifying. I'm gonna say Verstappen as well. Oh damn it! Try and make a point. Make a point. If you can't beat him, join him, Chris. Um, <laughs> next one. So for the win, Chris, who are you saying? Oh, you say you say if you can't beat him, join him, then you make me go first, so I can't join yeah. anyone. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the game. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go for a Hamilton win. Hamilton win. Hamilton win. I think for me. I think a Hamilton win as well. I'm with you there. So I've basically both joined, joining me then because I oh, good. Hamilton, Hamilton as well. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Okay, first DNF. Ooh, last season it was Roman Grosjean, the only DNF. Um, water pressure was the reason, according to Wikipedia. The only DNF, wow. Yeah. Um with Ferrari sort of having... So, I mean, it can't happen again, can it? It just can't happen Oof. again. I don't know. Dare I you say that? <laughs> dare I say it? I mean, now I've said it, I feel like it will. Uh, That's the crazy thing. Um, it's almost the opposite of what we were saying earlier about kind of Hamilton and Russell not having much experience attacking or defending. Ferrari drivers don't have a ton of experience starting the race in the middle of the pack, and now that's suddenly where yeah. they're finding themselves. Yeah. So. It's true. It's so true. Um, Kvyat's not done terribly so far this season, so I can't have a go at him. Gasly, yeah, it's hard. This is hard this season. There's so little to go on so far as well. Is the other thing? No, there's no real form guide, is there? At the moment, it's all just it's so mixed up. Settling. I, I'm going to go midfield. I'm going to go Renault. Because they seem to be the least reliable at the moment to me. And I'm going to mm. go Ricardo. I think they're going to alternate retirements between <laughs> their two drivers. You have literally just gone through my entire thought process. So you can stick Ricardo really? again for me as well. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Great minds. Great minds, Chris. Great minds. Tom, what's yours? It's funny because I was going along these lines, but I just did, I I was going to go Ocon. I think that there's there's some issues with that Renault. Yeah, uh, it's a case. Yeah. I think for me at the minute, it's a case of which one will DNF. It feels so, that way, doesn't it? I think they, they need mm. to get a bit more air flowing through that um, the body of work of that yeah. car around the engine, don't they? Get it cool. And Hungary is not necessarily the place to be able to do no. that. No, as we definitely isn't. Firsthand. We know firsthand how warm it can be there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I've never been so I thought I was life. going to die. Yeah. I, I think you know what? I think if I'd not wet my scarf and put it around my neck and like had it like I literally soaked my scarf through and then just put it on around my neck to keep me cool. <laughs> and even then I was roasting. If I'd not done that, yeah. I probably I think I might have died. <laughs> um, must have been heat stroke though. Yeah. Number yeah. of yeah, there definitely must have been. Number of especially the amount of booze being drunk by people as well. Um <laughs> Tom, I think it's you again. We're gonna go. Yeah, I don't number, number of finishes. Number of finishes. How many are you going for? Um, I think we saw a bit of a return to the norm this weekend. Like okay. people are less rusty, not so much reliability problems. So I'm gonna go a stay a safe and steady seventeen. 
17. Wise, mm. wise, wise head on young shoulders there. Um, Chris, what's yours? Thanks. Chris is gone. Um, no, I'm still no. here. <clears throat> I'm going to go... I'm tempted to go for a wildly optimistic 19, but that seems excessive, so no I'll go 18. Way. Surely not. 18, okay. Um... I don't want to go now. Oh, man, you've made it. 17 is mine, really. I'm not going to do the same. I'm going to go 60 <laughs> again. And then, finally, let's have a random driver. Let's see if one of us can get screwed with their predictions again this time. <laughs> yeah, let's see what happens. <laughs> it's not, after Ben Ocon. <laughs> not today. It, it is point. Giovinazzi. Giovinazzi. Ooh. Hmm. That's an interesting one. Because Alpha... Haven't really been a part of that midfield battle, have they? Yeah, they've well, not been. Jim has got two points. He does, yeah. but when only eleven drivers finish a race, it's a little easy to pick up <laughs> some points. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna pull the trigger for everyone and say twelve. <laughs> 12th. Okay, mm. he came fourteenth in the last race. Just Giovinazzi. In case you were wondering, because literally no one knew that because he was so anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying 40, uh, what did you say, 12? You said, I'm, I'm you? going 12, yeah. 12, okay. Um, I am going to go... Uh, I'm going to go... 15th. I'm going to go 16th. 16th there we go and that's it that is the predictions for the week um you can submit your predictions at backofthegrid.com um and yeah you should because <laughs> it's because <laughs> it's great fun um and you can also actually i meant to say earlier if you have a drive of the day or a move of the day or a wtf moment of your own absolutely get in touch and let us know yeah. on facebook twitter or any of the others and um we'd love to hear what you think because we read out people's uh messages every week if you're new to the show um and now let's move on to a little, a little bit of news so we've got alonso coming back everyone what Big a surprise <laughs> um i love i love that things have been so exciting realistically in the last couple of races that this has dropped so far to the bottom <laughs> of the pie it's like oh what fernando's back yeah all right i'll yeah. just buy a new camoa hat then <laughs> I mean, it's that time of year isn't it it's the it's fernando news time of year I mean, we kind of expected it to happen they were never going to bring hulkenberg back there always has to be um, one big piece of Fernando Alonso news every yeah. calendar year now. <laughs> this is one. <laughs> yeah. He's a, well, let's see if he, he might win Indy as well in a couple of weeks' time. So yeah, that's true. Be, yeah. Be, you're, yeah. You're, you might be in for two. but Judging by the last, last IndyCar race, um, McLaren seems to be making a decent car now, unlike their last yeah. effort. Yeah. So. yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Give us a hell of a race, didn't they, at the weekend? Um, um, Two-year contract with an option for a third. Um, Cyril Abitable says Alonso has told him he has almost no interest in 2021 and that Renault should focus all their effort onto the new rule set in 2022. So he's, uh, he's eyeing up that second year, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. um, thoughts on him coming back? Can he do anything? Well... Obviously, he's maintained his form in other series, hasn't he? He's not exactly. It's not like he's been out of it completely. So, 
I don't think it'd be too difficult for him to adjust. And he's not been gone that long either as well when you look at it from that perspective. So I don't think it'd be too difficult for him to, to get back up to to speed and race and pace. Um, mm. Whether his experience could maybe help Renault through what is clearly a tough time at the minute with Ricardo moving on, it's possible. It could be what they need, that ex- that highly experienced driver to help them through mm. what appears to be a development pit hole at the minute. Didn't help McLaren though, did it? No. No. <laughs> this is the thing, he's, he's a double-edged sword, I think, isn't he? Like, There's a wealth of experience there to draw on, but he is very, very critical and demanding. And like, he, he was never shy about criticising the McLaren or the Honda power unit, was he? Um, and I don't think he'd be shy about criticising the Renault mm. power unit and the Renault chassis. So I think to begin with, he would be. I think the first sort of four or five races, or maybe even that first season, he'd probably keep quiet about it. But I think yeah, second season, he'd probably be kicking off if he doesn't get what he it, wants. Yeah, if things aren't working out 2022, I think that's when he'll kick off. I'd, I, like you say, I think he'll be fairly, fairly quiet next season because... They've already made the statement of we're not really interested in 2021. We're focusing on the new rule set. They're, they're yeah. already kind of setting that standard, aren't they? <laughs> so, yeah. So but if then you, if, if you, they're going to make what, a comment like that, they're going to have to come out swinging in 2022, I think. Yeah. I mean, what, what, where's your head at if you're Esteban Ocon in all this? Like, they're basically committing to building a car for Alonso in 2022. From <laughs> it. It's. To be fair, he's he's not the first time he's been a bit overlooked by a manufacturer team, is it? Like or yeah, you or whatever. If, like yeah, you you wonder if history is going to repeat itself for Ocon if he's just going to sort of fall by the wayside because he's going to you know mm. cast a rather large shadow this Alonso bloke, doesn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and it's just, I think I just worry that. Ocon's going to get lost in the ether in all this. When well, he's Ocon's a really, in the really unique, talented race driver. Ocon's in the unique situation now where he's tied to two different manufacturers and he's getting overlooked by both of them potentially. Yeah. Because mm. he's still... Yeah. We never really found exactly how it works, but he is still connected to Mercedes as well. Um, Toto Wolf over the weekend just gone. I can't what question he was answering, but he mentioned Esteban as sort of one of our potential future young driver kind of thing. So, mm. but yeah, it's, I have mixed feelings about Alonso coming back. There's, there's been a lot of people saying it's a shame to see him come back and probably just tour around the midfield and complain when there's all these yeah. young drivers that could t- be taking that seat. But to be fair to Renault, how do you choose a young driver to promote right now when there hasn't been any racing up until this point this year? Uh, like, yeah, the speed the drive market's moving, they have got to jump and put someone in that seat sooner or later. Because, like, most of the, I was thinking today, normally in the summer break, we'll do our predicting next year's grid, but most of next year's grid's done already at this point. So, yeah, they had to put someone in, and there's no one Renault could have chose to promote up from F2 that already has enough super license points. Everybody in F2 currently that Renault connected to could only drive in F1 next year if they finish in a specific position in F2 this year. And we've again, we've had two races and both of those, sorry, we've had four races now in F2, but yeah. 
there were four different winners. Like there were a massive number of drivers made those podiums. So it's not even like yes. you've got one dominant driver emerging. Well, yeah. I don't know. I think if you're gonna if if you're gonna hazard a guess as to who's the favourite right now in F two, it's probably Guyan Zhu, isn't it? And he's competing yeah. to Renault. Yeah, definitely. For I mean, he's a he is a looking like a very quick racing driver, but also to have a Chinese driver in F one from a sponsorship point of view would be a Oh, massive boom for Renault. Yeah, yeah, it'd be huge. Um, but they do. I thought. I thought he was connected to Renault. Guyan Zhu. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's on their young driver. He's yeah. in Renault colours, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're Guyan, I feel bad for Guyan Zhu in all this. This, this is my point. So, like, he looks like if anyone's going to do something in the in the F two Championship this year, it's right now. It looks like Guyan Zhu, and when Fernando Alonso's just waltz back up to formula one and said oh you know what i'll slap myself down on this and and yeah i'll have this seat and none of you lot can do anything about it you youngsters it just leaves the the probable winner of the f2 without a drive yet again you're going to see the the person who wins f2 lose out and it's just it's breaking f2 i think this 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 system of old people coming back. It all he he would almost be better off this season finishing second in F two, so he can do it again next year. Yeah, because <laughs> this yeah. is turning. Considering in the Albon Russell Norris year, we had three drivers graduating one season. This mm. year is looking like one of those where none of them do because there's going to be nowhere for them. Yeah. yeah. I, I... Does anyone remember how long Ocon's contract was that he signed for the, for the start of this season? I don't know. Um, I mean, because I did do a very quick, and I mean a very quick Google to see, and I didn't see anything. I just saw the confirmation. So uh, I'm not, not really putting any effort in, in all honesty. It looks like it's a two-year contract he's on. Right. So there's... There's no potential of that seat opening up, I guess, is what I was realistically, no, I was realistically thinking. And all of the press releasey stuff that Renault put out said Alonso will be joining the team to partner Esteban Ocon. Yeah. So that, that lineup's I, pretty locked in for next year now. I, I think I think your scenario here from a Renault point of view is I can see why experienced is the route to go down in a very uncertain time. Not a lot of time to get something done, like what we've just been saying. Like People need to get drivers nailed down with the rate things are moving in that department. I can see why they've done it. What I can honestly see is if Ocon isn't performing to a level like close to or even above Alonso, like depending on how Alonso performs, I think that his return to the sport then becomes in jeopardy and Renault would probably not be afraid to not renew his contract and and swap drivers that way. But I, I don't think they'd break the contract and just get rid of him. Um, no. It probably cost them too much. But I think if he's not anywhere near to Alonso or beating Alonso, then realistically he's going to fall by the wayside in a couple of seasons. Okay. So, so my next question, my final question about about this bit is will Alonso be fast? Do you think will he be up there next season? I, honestly, I have zero expectation for Renault with the way that they're so 
they're playing it down already. We're not even we've yeah. two races into this season and they're already playing down. Okay, next let, let me let me let me simplify it. Will he will he beat his teammate next season? Will uh, will Alonso beat? Ocon? I would expect I would expect Handily. Ocon to be struggling to get near Alonso. Yeah, I like, think it's 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 going to be like his last season with McLaren, where for the most part it's fairly middling, but every now and again he'll drag out a result that car doesn't deserve because. He's a very, very good racing driver. Like, and I think like the he's time proved... when he drove it into the pit lane with two wheels on it. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. in his time away from F1, he has proven that he can get in almost anything and be fast. Like to turn up to the Indy 500, having never driven an oval before yeah. in your life, and what his first nearly attempt, he what, qualified fifth and was in the shadow of winning it. Like, yeah, nearly won that's, it. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's damn impressive. Yeah, you're right. Um, and yes, he won Le Mans largely through the fact that he was in a team that didn't have any competition. But even so, like I saw a pop on YouTube the other day that night stint he did where he was lapping almost yeah. two seconds lap faster than anybody else, including the other Toyota. Um, as a as a lifelong Toyota fan, <laughs> <laughs> I um, I do wonder how he would have got on against the Audi and the Porsche. Yeah, it's a shame we never got to see that. Yeah, imagine him and Weber and and uh, <sighs> all the other guys like oh, head to so head good. In, in that seat. That would have been so good. Weber was so good. Weber was trying to get him to come to Le Mans for years as well. He yeah. saw like in TV yeah. interviews a flow of time and he was like, come on, come and have a go at Le Mans. Yeah, it's great for you. Yeah, all the time, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I joke about being a Toyota fan for all my life because I did nothing but rip them for a long time. So <laughs> 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 because I now drive a Toyota that I'm a lifelong fan. Uh, <laughs> Suddenly you're a fanboy. <laughs> Suddenly yeah. you're a fan, yeah. Uh, so that, that concludes the Alonso bit. Is that, is that all? Oh, Bottas. Yeah, Bottas. So Bottas has signed a one-year deal with Mercedes today, we think. Supposedly. Um, we think so. Supposedly. I mean, this is nothing to do yeah. with me. I've, I've not heard this, so I don't know anything about this. Um... Bad news for Russell and Ocon. Yeah. yeah. It... Double whammy for Ocon this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really is. Um... He's like, oh, God, I've got to race Alonso. Oh, God, my drive at Mercedes is <laughs> not going to happen. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, from Russell's point of view, that basically consigns him to another year of Williams, doesn't it? There's the mm. only the only way he'd change teams right now, I think, is if Racing Point decided to get rid of Stroll. Yeah, but yeah. that needs to happen for him. I think. I think you can't spend another another year at Williams after this just pootling around. But then, if Stroll's going to vacate that seat for anyone right now, is it not going to be Sebastian Vettel? <sighs> can you I imagine? That. Can you imagine nah. that? That I can't. I can't. You're crazy. You're crazy, no. Chris. <laughs> I I think there is why, a solid. Why are you Italian? <laughs> oh God, it's happening again. Sorry. I think there is a solid chance we'll see Sebastian Vettel wearing green next year. Wearing green, yeah. Green? Aston oh, Martin, not yeah. pink. Aston yeah, Martin. they'll still be BWT is their main sponsor. They'll still be wearing pink. Surely. Yeah, true. Either way, come on, I th- I, I, come on, Chris. I still think he, there's a decent chance. Here's something that just randomly popped into my head that I've just got to get out of my system. Do Can it, you imagine a Formula it. One car? In Gulf Aston racing colours. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, it's like a almost almost a flip McLaren. Yeah, it's obviously lighter blue, but 
I, I love the golf golf Aston colours. I'm going to say something controversial here. You don't like the golf livery? Uh, whoa, Is that what you're going to no, say? No, 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 no. no. I, I'm not going to say I don't dare. like it. I'm not going to say I don't like it. I'm just going to say I don't love it as much as everyone else seems to. <laughs> wow. How dare I, you? I, I was going to say something different to that, but your reaction sort we of made me we tone down. Stu. I thought we were friends, <laughs> I um, thought we were friends. I just don't think... I just. I think it's a bit plain. I think it's a bit... I think you're a bit plain. There's not much to it. <laughs> wow. Wow. And I thought we were friends, Chris. <laughs> Absolutely savage. That's the most... That may be the most savage comment ever stated on Back of the Grid. Let's, let's drag this back to some kind of um, normality before we all hate each other. What do we think about Bottas getting another year? Oh yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, <sighs> you can't argue with it at the minute, I don't think, realistically. I know we've still got a lot to go, but like he does what Mercedes need him to do, realistically, <laughs> doesn't he? Which I... is get as many points as he can behind out. <laughs> and that's <laughs> no offence to Bottas, but that's kind of what he's there to do at the minute, I think. Yeah, I think and that's I what Mercedes to... want. If I had to sum it up in one word I would say, I'd say ambivalent. To be honest, <laughs> like, I, I think as a, just just from a kind of fan kind of perspective, like he's a great. Don't get me wrong, like he's an amazing driver. He's a really good driver. To to beat Hamilton occasionally is a huge achievement for any any driver. Um, but he's just not quick enough. He's just not beating him often enough for it to be, for it to be dramatic and for it to be exciting. Hamilton's just thrashing him all the time and it's but just not then, entertaining. I mean, even putting aside the fact that I'm a pretty big, unashamed Bottas fanboy, although to be fair, his excursion to Monaco between the races did test that a little bit. Yeah. But, um, he's not the exciting, fun, interesting choice for Mercedes, but he's, the sensible choice like yeah yeah as and long as he's still coming second and picking up the pieces when hamilton can't win exactly that's what they need yeah it is the i think the difference between signing bottas and signing say russell and promoting russell up the difference is russell potentially throws a dilemma at them which is you've got a young guy on his way through wanting to prove himself that will go tooth and nail against Lewis to prove that he is yeah. is good enough. I and don't think him and that's Lewis That's a bit risky for Mercedes at the minute, I think. Yeah, I don't think Norris and Lewis... Uh, God's sake, keep doing it. I don't think uh, Russell and Norris... <laughs> I don't think Russell and Hamilton will ever be in the same car. I kind of feel the same way. He's there to replace him, isn't he? Not to yeah. sit yeah. alongside yeah. him. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I honestly do. And yeah, I just I think like again, like just going back to Bottas, it's head heart, isn't it? And Russell's mm. the driver that you want in there with your heart, but with your head, if you're Toto Wolf, then you you keeping you keeping Bottas on for a while. He's mm-hmm. quick enough. Yeah. He's yeah. doing the job. He's keeping, you know, he can more or less just about keep up with Hamilton and still be quicker than than all the competitors behind them. And not, you know, he's not doing an Albon and dropping back into the clutches of the cars behind. He's, he is handily fast enough to to get the most or just about the most, if, even if it's not as much as Hamilton every weekend. Yeah, he's getting enough out of it 
to do the business and he is doing the business so fair enough but just for me personally like i just wish there was more drama in that team now it's getting to be boring yeah <laughs> i miss i dare i say it i miss rosberg <laughs> hmm. <laughs> and that's the news you've, you've <laughs> so skipped over it. maybe the biggest bit of news actually that's no, not the biggest bit of news but you have skipped over a news oh i have skipped over a news sorry of course the uh the old, it was one of my story story <laughs> he was yeah I, I, could, I, I deleted that and i ended up deleting it from the news as well um yeah renault renault have protested racing point this weekend um tracing point uh, well <laughs> in the next few days don't we um yeah finally pulled the trigger on a protest that's been brewing since racing point revealed the car back in february um it specifically concerns the they've gone sort of really really granular with it and it concerns the brake ducts so i guess that's the way they have it. they've found the most identical looking part of the yeah. car that's my read that yeah it's find. like we need to uh, protest a specific thing what looks the most similar yeah hopefully and it that... is that and it's not when this protest fails next week it will be yeah. the front wing mounting yeah. and then the week after that yeah, it'll be the gearbox housing yeah, yeah. 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 it'll be the, the wheelbase yeah yeah, the yeah. The you'd like to think that this is the best shot that they've found and that's why they've gone with yeah it. I, I think it is so the thing is the FIA have already looked over essentially the plans for last yeah. year's Mercedes and this year's Racing Point and deemed there is enough of a difference for it to not be the same car, which, like, if it's within the rules, it's within the rules. Isn't yeah, racing it? Like, point. I think that's the key yeah. thing here. Nothing racing point never tried to hide this through the whole design process. Yeah. They were constantly going to the FIA saying, "This is what we're doing. These are the designs of our parts," and yeah. they weren't stopped doing it. So yeah, and uh, and to be fair, if you're going to copy a car, that's the car to copy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair. Um, you know, I really wish I could remember what I said about Haas when they copied the Ferrari. <laughs> I think I because think I don't think I was quite is, as positive about it as what I am about I, this. I, don't I know think why. the difference is though that there's there's more. There was more an element of Ferrari have bought the uh, sorry um, Haas have bought their car from Ferrari, whereas this is more Racing Point have pumped a bunch of money into development to copy. Mercedes, mm. and I think that I think if, if that context is correct, mm. judging that uh, that's the context I'm basing it on, that's definitely far more acceptable than just buying the car directly. And yeah. I think that's why I'm more open it's to more what's happening at Racing Point. Yeah, exactly. More open to what's happening at Racing Point <laughs> than what's happening that, on what happened at, at Haas because it felt more like Haas had just gone to Ferrari and said, "Can we just buy last year's car, please?" and it felt very much like that's what was happening. I think that's the difference for me between the two. Because uh, at the end of the day, if someone's got something like the double diffuser, just going back to a random classic example, but as soon as everyone saw it, everyone was trying to get a camera underneath it, take pictures yeah. of it and copy it. And everyone yeah. went and copied it. That's so what happens in Formula it happens. It, it just smacks of sour grapes, yeah. doesn't it? Mm. it, well, it, it sorry, Renault fans, but... It, how often do Renault do this? It's every other weekend Renault have got a complaint about someone. <laughs> In all honesty, like wow, they whoa. are, they're they're a pretty, I think, bitter team. To be honest, like I, I think it didn't they didn't like for a long time that 
Red Bull as a customer beat them so soundly. And now, same thing happening with McLaren. So they're just trying to claw back anything they can anywhere because I think (laughs) as a manufacturer, they're a bit embarrassed about where they're at compared to... And probably under a a lot of pressure from the the board. Yeah. 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 The the boys at Nissan are coming. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You reminded me... You reminded me of mentioning Haas that I have seen people on the internet after all this time calling the racing point the pink Mercedes. I've seen people start to call the Ferrari the red Haas this season. <laughs> I, I saw good. a good comment. That's I saw a good really comment good. On, the, uh, on the YouTube highlights for the race. It was 2019 Haas copy Ferrari, 2020 Ferrari <laughs> oh, copy Haas. That's absolutely <laughs> savage. Absolutely savage. I saw another one that said... <laughs> um, Williams uh, protesting Ferrari for copying their 2019 car. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Oh, right, we better do. We better do some inbox. We better gotta rattle some inbox. Yeah, let's rattle some inbox. Start the start the start the stopwatch. Let's rattle through these. We'll start with Stephen Barlow. Do you think Alonso will get an FP1 or FP2 this season so he can see how the team have moved on from this year to next? Ooh, one word answers on that one. I'd say no because of what they're expecting for next season. That's a practice session as a whole for them. Yeah, I think he That's has more than one no word, interest but... in driving this year's car whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to say yes at Abu Dhabi. I think he will. I think he will right at the end. Okay. Okay. Just next see one. that. Uh, Bram Cunnerman says, should two races at the same venue be something that we continue with even after the pandemic in order to have more races and maybe hit the 25 race target from Liberty, uh, but with less travel and strain put on the teams? Should something change with the format to keep the second race exciting? Yeah, we touched on this last week, didn't we? Before, yeah. good, before it's we'd a good even point have the he second makes. race at the Yeah, it, it is, is a good, good point, point he makes there. Like, if you want to expand the calendar but don't necessarily want to run all of the staff completely into the ground, like having more than one race at the same place does make it a little less taxing on the on the yeah. people involved, I guess. I, th- I think a double header at the same circuit could definitely be a, a, a nice feature. Uh, how you'd select which circuits is yeah. another matter, but <laughs> I, th- I think that it would be a nice way to be able to expand the calendar to get more races without as much strain. In terms of mixing it up and changing the format, what did we have this weekend? Did we have a slight change in tire compounds? Am I no, right? In no, it's all, it's nothing. Not the same. Exactly the same. Yeah. Exactly the same. So then, I don't think we need to change that much, at least not for the time being, because I think we got an entertaining race. Yeah, still, we, they think... will change the compound at Silverstone. I should point out. Like, yes, they, they that's what I'm thinking of. That's what I'm thinking of. And the yeah. F2s had different compounds as well. The boat, but I think uh, compared to last week, I think as a double header, though, we can call this a success. Yes. I think it's worked really well. So. I think I think they probably could have done. I mean, they only had, they didn't have a practice session on Friday morning. I think that helped. It definitely helped with qualifying. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, the rain helped a lot with qualifying. The rain helped yeah. this race a lot. I think if if it had not rained, <laughs> yeah, true. I don't think we would have had as as exciting a race because they've had so much practice around here over the last couple of weeks. The the times in the the, the fastest lap was like two seconds quicker today as well. Yeah. Um. Well, yesterday. Sorry. Bring on Bernie um, Sprinklers. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I'm not 100% convinced. I think if if we were to keep running the, the... You'd need a lot less practice. You need a different race weekend format, I think, if you're going to keep doing two at the same circuit 
back to less back. practice, different tires. Yeah, yeah. I think that that would that, that, have to be the way to do it. Sim- simple enough, but effective enough change. Mm, yeah, I just do not think we'd have had such a banger of a race if it had not rained. Um, Jacob says, "Is Alex Albon actually not very good?" And was he lucky when trying the same move on Perez that he did on Hamilton last week? It's more Perez on Albon yeah, this the, week, wasn't it? It was the other way around. Yeah, well, I guess he was still on the outside and yeah. in that corner. Um, I, I still think, again, not to go back to last week too much, I still think that he was maybe being a bit ambitious last week, but the fact that it's not scared him when he was still prepared to go wheel-to-wheel with people this second race is a good thing. And as for him yeah. not actually not being that good, yes, he finished pretty significantly off um, his teammate and the Mercedes, but he still came fourth. And ultimately he got promoted up to Red Bull because the other drivers they put in that second seat weren't able to finish in that next position down from Verstappen. They were all f- yeah. finishing fifth, sixth, seventh. So yeah, He's pretty consistently through his Red Bull career been finishing. He's probably averaging fifth, isn't he? I would say, yeah, fifth or ish. sixth from um, his second half of last year and the couple of races this year. So, I think so far for the, this point in his career, he's doing what he needs to. He just needs to start closing that gap now, really. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd agree, agree with that. I, I, th- agree I think with saying he's not very good is a bit harsh. Yeah, I yeah, don't totally. think he's not very good. I think he's in second se- second full season at, at Red Bull. No, it's yeah. first. It's not it's even first completed. Full season. Well, yeah, yeah, he's not done a full season. A normal yet. season of races. <laughs> he's not done a full so. season in that car yet. There you go. He might he's have been there twelve season. months, but he's not done twelve months worth of races for sure. Yeah. Okay, next one. Jim Hopper, what do you think of Sainz' move to Ferrari, knowing what we know now, and with Alex not being very useful to Max, <laughs> who other than Vettel could be a potential replacement for him if they want to replace him? Ooh. I guess let's do the Red Bull thing first because we've just been talking about them. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think the good thing for Albon is kind of nobody. <laughs> other, than, other than swapping back up one of the two Toro Rosso drivers, they don't really have anyone, do they? Yeah. No. Vettel is an interesting concept. I like the idea of <laughs> Vettel going back to Red Bull, but I just don't think it'll happen. It, yeah, it just wouldn't work, would it? I don't think Vettel... Max is the reason he left anyway, isn't it? So Exactly, yeah. Well, actually, no, it was technically it was Ricardo, but Max was yeah. on his way. Like, ultimately, I think that's a, the real reason. So, I, I can't, I just can't see him and Max being teammates. I just can't see it. Well, again, supposedly over the weekend, fairly respected journalists have claimed that, um, did because Dietrich, well, Dietrich Maschitz was there at the weekend. That's a fact. And supposedly, he said to Helmut Marco over the weekend that he needs to bring Vettel home. Whether there's any truth to that, whether anyone else at Red Bull will want him there, and whether Vettel will want to go home, I don't know. But supposedly that's what was said. Mm. What about signs? Signs moving to Ferrari. Well, he's he can't be very, feeling very comfortable, can he? Having seen what's gone on the last two weeks and been beating them yeah. quite handily in 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 his current car, especially yeah. in the move up. It is, but I think Science still has age on his side. He's still only 25. He's got a good few years racing in him yet. Um, it's not like it's a last-ditch effort and he needs Ferrari to turn up next year or it's a waste of time. So, yeah. so he could be probably with him a few years, won't he? Yeah. 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 
And he's probably getting paid a packet as well. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. I, I, I think he's obviously hoping more towards the next generation of car, isn't he? I, I th- yeah, definitely. I think you've got. I think you've got to take anything that goes on next season. I guess with a slight pinch of salt, kind of like what Renault and Alonso are saying, where we're not really aiming to be anywhere next year because it's a continuation of this car into next year, and we've got a change of formula in twenty twenty two. So I think that Ferrari will possibly start having a very similar approach to to things yeah, I think, if they've not already started thinking that. Yeah, so. I think they might already be sort of starting to adopt yeah. that way of thinking. Uh, yeah. the next one. Next one, uh, OW says, what is the biggest lesson George Russell needs to take away from this weekend? Don't crash on the first lap. Yeah, patience. <laughs> yeah, don't make a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... He has good wet weather. Look, he's learned that he has good wet weather pace against other drivers. Yeah, yeah. In his field, yeah. I think I think he'll take away some confidence. Yeah. Lesson yeah. wise, though, don't crash. Lesson wise, <laughs> don't crash on the first lap. Do a rain dance before every Grand Prix weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, shall I do the next one? Yeah. Let's get going. Uh, Talia K says, "Is Red Bull as slow compared to the Mercedes as we think, or slower?" I read somewhere that the altitude advantage of Honda was gone in order to have a better all-round engine, so Austria may not be as much of a Red Bull track as in the last two years. No, it definitely wasn't a Red Bull track. No, definitely not. No. It's a Mercedes engine track, that's for sure. The altitude. So, Mercedes. Part of the advantage Mercedes have on tracks like these high altitude tracks are that they have a mighty, mighty turbo charger and a mighty motor generator heat, which is the part of the turbo that spins a dynamo, which charges the battery. Um, theirs is, seems to just work so much more effectively than everyone else's. The Honda is sort of, they've adopted that same principle. It's the same sort of layout, but, they just haven't had as much development time as Mercedes. So Mercedes are always going to be better because they've had, they've put so much more time and money into it at this stage. Um, I don't think the Red Bull's slower. I think chassis wise, I think they're really, really similar. Aero wise, I think they're really, really similar Mm -hmm. as well. I think the only differentiation right now is probably drivers because Albon's just not up to the standard of the three drivers ahead of him in, um, uh, Verstappen, Bottas, and Hamilton, yeah. and I think engine. That they're, they're the only two yeah. thing, differentiations mm. that are that are sort of putting putting Red Bull behind at this point. And, and it'll of... be a lot closer at Hungary. I, I dare bet it'll be much much closer in Hungary. Yeah, I was about to say in terms of how close they are or aren't, we'll have a much better idea after this weekend's race. I think so too. Yeah. Mm. Next, okay, next, Michael one. Harris. With the relegation of Ferrari to the midfield, does the two-team <laughs> championship race become secondary to the more exciting midfield battle? Not not just because Ferrari are there, because he's actually no. entertaining without Ferrari. Even if Ferrari weren't in that midfield battle, that midfield battle's interesting. And so if, I don't think the fact that Ferrari is sort of yeah, involved in it makes it more exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. nothing to do with them being there. I agree with if that. anything, I Personal. think Red Bull might be getting clawed back into that battle a little as well. So I think second place is not a foregone conclusion this season. Really? Really? Mm. I, I think, Looking at I the tracks like we've got... are going to be closer to Mercedes next race. 
Looking at the tracks coming up, I can see Racing Point and or McLaren really giving Red Bull a race at places like Monza, Mugello, Spa. I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's. He has a point. Yeah, yeah. What's that engine advantage that. again? Isn't it? Mercedes have such yeah. an engine advantage. Yep. Yeah. 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 Next one. Yeah. Uh, Wesley Paul says, do you think any of George's performance this weekend was a result of spending pretty much the entirety of last season running alone at the back of the pack? Well, George has put in a good performance, I think, overall this, this weekend. Yeah. I think it was just his his first lap sort of mistake that, that let him down. Yeah. Um, we kind of touched on it for that reason as well, didn't we, in saying that Lewis can potentially get a bit rusty because he's so used to being out in the front and those Williams guys probably do get a bit rusty just being used to tootling around at the back on their own. So <laughs> it it probably does happen to a degree, but I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's because he's been stuck at the back. No. And yeah. I think overall he had a decent performance, to be honest, because he, he fought his way back as best he could, didn't he, after his mistake. So I'm finished ahead of his teammate, who he was mm. behind after his mistake. So, you know, he's still performing, in my opinion. Yeah, I okay. think so too. Okay, final one. Um, is this the final one? Yeah. Yes. Um, Charlie says, oh, we've got a Charlie. Um, Hi, guys. Hope you're doing well. Thanks. We're doing great. Um, <laughs> I've just come up. Oh, God. Why do I always get the really long ones? I've just come up with an out there, super unlikely, hypothetical question that I'd like to hear your guys take on. Um, say in three or four races, Vettel still doesn't feel comfortable in the Ferrari. He then decides to cut his losses, buy himself out of his contract and leave <laughs> mid-season. Who would Ferrari have Philly's seat until Carlos next year? P.S. I'm writing this on Friday, so I have no clue how Vettel performed on Sunday. Ooh, that's wow. awkward. <laughs> I mean, um, Charlie calls that super unlikely hypothetical. Some of the people working in the rumour mill have been desperate for this to happen over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, it's not going to happen. It's it's almost it's, certainly not going to happen. It's not, but I if think... If it did? If it did, do you think Ferrari would try and just get Carlos out of his contract and move him now? Because I don't think Carlos would want to while he's got such an opportunity to rake up some good points. Yeah, but then he's well, going to upset Ferrari by not doing that. Is the other yeah, exactly. The other exactly, dynamic, yeah. And... McLaren would have no trouble replacing him because the relationship between Renault and Ricardo seems pretty strained. Renault did not take his departure well at all, and I think they would be yeah. absolutely yeah. fine shipping him over a little earlier than yeah. planned. I think the the simple answer to this one, if we're going to sort of make it a quick one, is it just send absolute ripples through the entire sort of paddock? Yeah, absolutely. For, yeah. for, for mid season. Um, yeah, you'd realistically start seeing next season's changes start happening. I think, yeah, wouldn't I think you? So. if it, if it were to happen, Pretty I much, think people yeah. tr- McLaren would be the key piece there in getting Carlos out and Ricardo in. I think, and yeah. I think honestly, uh, McLaren would probably go for that. Like, no offense to Carlos, they probably love having Carlos in the car at the minute. But if they had to let him go and um, they could get Ricardo in, I don't think they'd turn their nose up at that opportunity. Yeah. Right, and Tom, so, do you want to guide um, us into the yeah, landing that, that strip? Is, that, is that is the is end of it, this podcast. So let's let's find a way out somehow. <laughs> um, um, with a, 
another interesting GP weekend ahead of us. Um, we hope you all enjoy it and come back next week for our review of the Hungarian Grand Prix. If you want to stay in touch with us in the meantime, you can do so on Twitter, which is Back of the Grid F1. We are also on Instagram at Back of the Grid, and you can find us on Facebook uh, by searching for Back of the Grid. You can also head to backofthegrid.com, where there is uh, obviously the predictions league we've already talked about, and you can get in touch with us and, and leave messages that way as well uh, to have your say. So that is it for this weekend. It's been a bit of a bumper one, but we will see you after the Hungarian Grand Prix in a week's time. So goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye.